Hey, this is It's a Girl, the Authentic Self-Advocates. Welcome to the last episode of Authentic Breath 2022. Let's change the conversation. Monday. It's November 21st, 2022. Thank you for following the podcast, praying for the podcast, uplifting and encouraging me through this journey, tuning in every month and sharing the content with Fram. That's friends and family. I appreciate those of you who have been with me since January, who have ducked out and come back, and those who have only tuned in today or two days from now. And I will officially publish this podisode. Yes, this podisode is a little later than most. Your girl is in the middle of a move and something's just must, not just must, take a back seat in order for us to practice balance, right? It's Native American Heritage Month. Happy Native American Heritage Month. St. Louis, if you didn't know, is home of the lost civilization of Cahokia. Can't make it to Angkor Wat in Cambodia or Machu Picchu in Peru. Try out our local Cahokia Mounds, a historical site famous for its many man-made mounds. Welcome to episode number 11, my final contribution to Authentic Breath this year, and what a year it's been. As I reflect on 2022, I am astonished by the amount of work one can overwhelm themselves with. So that's a mouthful right? So not being able to self-govern in a way that you're like, no, this ain't happening or not right now. So I made this like list of series of events to reflect upon and it incorporates some of the lessons I've learned as well as some advice that I offer you community. I didn't even know where to start, but I know the first the big thing that happened in 2022 for me was getting knocked over by a huge cabinet in my flat while I was living in the Republic of Moldova. And I just remember thinking, do not release your legs from the cabinet because if I had a the place that the cabinet had fallen to, it would have lopped off one of my limbs had I not been a little ginger in the process. And you'll get that on the way home. I will actually talk about that when it comes to listening, right? And that cabinet knocked me out and I didn't go unconscious, but that was the first big thing. It actually happened on Martin Luther King's birthday, January 15th. I'll never forget it. I called my mother and we prayed and just thanked God for his covering. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. And so 
transitioning from that and then being hospitalized in Moldova for catching COVID. I basically went into the hospital to get evaluated and then they were like, you have COVID, <laughs> you have to stay here. <laughs> so it was my first time being hospitalized in a Moldovan hospital, which was a very unique experience. And after that stay, really coming down with a sickness that just kind of debilitated me. I won't even say kind of, really just weakened my my limbs, my spirit. I decided to come home. And lo and behold, this was all just days from the launch of the Ukrainian war. So like within a four-day window, I returned home. And that transition hasn't always been easy. Waiting for work, which we'll talk about in a little bit. You've heard this a couple of times if you follow me at Authentic Self-Advocate on IG. I've brought this up many, many times. This is one of the areas where I still fall short in learning how to be patient in this space, right? And then, of course, building a brand. This too has been a patient labor of love, a beautiful struggle, really, uh, getting the message of self-governance to land and be delivered in a way that people understand and that resonates with them. And gradually, surely, but gradually, it's... It's catching on, you know, as I have more and more conversations, I believe this message, one, God gave it to me and it will continue to be seated in the earth, but two, it will continue to resonate with humans. And cultivating a nonprofit, my baby, I'm now just, just <laughs> a board member, uh, not even a decision maker anymore because my, my I've given them to one of our Roma mediators. So that's my role with uh, in, in, ter- in terms of decision-making, but also I raise money for our coppery and nurturing new unknowns, right? Oh gosh, nurturing new unknowns and giving ourselves grace in that space. What lessons have I learned? One really big lesson is Not all moments of contention need an aggressive response. And as a a woman who advocates, that's really hard. I actually brought this up with my therapist last week, that I want to be like water. I want to be very dynamic. I have the hardest time switching from type A advocate, especially when it comes to injustice, to this soft, receptive woman. You simply needn't respond to every moment of contention. Sometimes it takes silence. Sometimes it just takes a soft tongue, like a thank you or an okay, and that's perfectly fine. Right. In addition to that, not all moments of contention are necessarily for you to gain. Right. The reframe is such that you may be in the situation for a divine purpose of seeding in a way that makes the world a better place, in a way that advances the kingdom. But you won't necessarily gain. And and let me expound upon that. So 
this topic came up and I think around episode number two or three. And initially I thought to myself, I'm going to them for help. But the reframe says, maybe I'm just being used as a vessel so that they can see a situation for themselves to practice medicine or law better, right? To make the world a better place, to advance the kingdom's agenda. So that when they come into contact with a similar situation in the future, their perspective will have been broadened, expanded because of our exchange, right? An exchange that I didn't bring on myself at the same time was necessary for for them to gain perspective. I hope that makes sense. Another really good lesson I learned, it's an ongoing lesson really, is listening. Y'all, listening is such a mad tool. And being intentional about listening is essential. So it's an intentional practice. It's like, I literally want to walk into this conversation and be present and take in perspective, knowing I needn't necessarily respond or show someone what I know. I may not even be warranted to contribute anything to the discussion at this moment, but God may be downloading something for me to gain perspective, right? All of that is intentional listening and it's a practice. So an intentional practice is such that you are doing this over and over. You're repeating this and repeating this, right? You're being intentional over and over. So listening, oh my gosh, it's been such an eye-opener this year. So groundbreaking really in terms of my exchanges with humans, my family, my friends, my sisters in Christ, beneficiaries. You know, I really have enjoyed being intentional about this practice and being productively busy and full of balance. That is something I continue to wield and absolutely enjoy. If you follow me at Authentic Self-Advocate on IG, you know that is one of my prominent sayings. I pray your week is productively busy and full of balance because if you don't have balance, how in the world are you going to ever be productively busy and not just busy? right? So getting in the way, not just your own way, but other folks' way, right? So you're not only delaying your purpose, but now you're getting in the way of other folks' purpose. Woo! Being patient in the process, as Devon Franklin always says, being prepared to hold someone else's crown for years and still looking at the ceiling like, God, when will I? Waiting sucks for me. I'm just going to say it because it's been 20 years for me. So I look at it like this is like a year, a compilation of years, you know, that I've actually uh, been wielding justice and injustice and and, and self-governance and just service, really service. Right. And at times it's been just not a good feeling. And I've either beat myself up or really grown selfishly impatient with myself and others 
At the same time, waiting is painfully necessary. Why put yourself out there if you're not ready? Why put yourself out there if you're ripe, not ripe enough yet to really sweeten the conversation on wielding purpose on purpose? God clearly, as believers, God clearly is preparing a way for you. And you may not be able to see the platform or not even the platform, just the preparation needed for the next phase, but clearly he knows best, right? Self-governance is an unapologetic, consistent, persistent check-in with what is authentic to and for us. Self-governance, y'all, it's an ongoing learning process and one that I continue to will this year. I enjoy sharing the message of self-governance self-awareness, the self-confidence, this discipline that you practice daily in order to govern the decision-making process. It's authentic to you. It's authentic for you in any situation. And you can take my five-question prompts. They're not really mine. I guess somebody else in the world probably has them as well. But the five-question prompts that I use, and I, and I use them mentally, physically, Spiritually, I also journal them, whether it's voice clipping or handwriting. Who am I not, right? Who am I not? And that also implies, who do I not want to be? I I don't know if you guys know, but I'm uh, studying for the law school admissions test. I took it on October 25th, scored a 139 out of 180. I am unashamed and will also continue to push, not being ashamed, not allowing these numbers to beat us over the head, to beat us into a position of shame, y'all. 139 out of 180 is not enough for me to compete for scholarship. And I asked myself, who am I not, right? And so back to this scenario last Saturday, I joined a study group and the professor, he doesn't know me. like, what in the world? Where does word come from? How does, you know, uh, and I don't know this human, you know, and um, for some reason he goes, is you seem dramatic. Why don't you read the prompt? And I, you know, I know who I'm not, right? So it didn't really register at first. So I'm coming back around to that, but I went ahead and read the prompt. Didn't really concern me initially because I know who I'm not, right? But then afterwards, this is the projection. The word dramatic sort of triggered a sense of fear of questioning the moments of when I have been aggressive in my advocacy and what I fight for and what I'm passionate about. And I thought to myself, am I dramatic? Self-governance is essential to balance, to not settle. So they can help you tease out, right? At the same time, you cannot allow them to settle, especially if they're coming from humans who don't understand you, who have no idea who you are, who are projecting things. And they could know who you are, actually. And they intentionally project things to see if it garners a response. But self-governance helps you these scenarios in the way that allow you to make the most self-defining decisions that are authentic to you. I hope that makes sense. I hope that was a really good example. And so, yeah, dramatic was attached to my name as an adjective at the same time. Well, yeah, my family is pretty dramatic, but guess what? A lot of us are entrepreneurs. A lot of us are ambitious. 
a lot of us are go-getters, hustlers, and that is not a bad thing. So who am I not? Where am I in space? Right, is the second question prompt. Number three is, what do I entertain? So back to that same example on Saturday during the study group, do I entertain taking it personal? Like I know myself well enough to do. Uh, That's what it usually does, right? That's who I have been in the past. And it's who I don't want to continue to be, right? I don't want to take things so personal. I want to be very dynamic and receptive to constructive criticism. It expands me. It makes me look to grow more, right? How do I respond? You read the prompt and keep it moving. (laughs) I know I'm not, right? And uh, continue to have a productive study session. And then which battles are not my own? So whether the human behind saying dramatic was just joking or projected because they felt, I, I hate to use the word threatened, but like, Um, I can't use another word though, threatened by my confidence. Uh, Either way, that has nothing to do with you. So which battle is not your own, right? That has nothing to do with you. And knowing who you're not is essential to understanding that last five, that last question prompt, right? Self-governance. What advice do I have? Get out of your own way. So as I just brought up, me taking things personal has been a super struggle since childhood. And although I've I've improved a great deal since then, it still comes up and I think it touches back on feeling inadequate because I didn't finish medical school. It still stays with me. I own that. Uh, along with not testing well, I own that. And so those components about me create a space where I think people second guess me. They don't think I'm enough because I don't think I'm enough in some ways, right? Or they don't think I'm sufficient. And that could you know, reflect on profession or relationships I've had, right? Checking in with yourself, for me, that's taking things personal or growing impatient in my seasons. It's also piling my plate way too high such that I'm overwhelmed and at times don't even want to do a thing. This self-awareness is essential to making sound decisions. It is groundbreaking when you recognize that the decision-making process doesn't have to involve anyone or any human save you. And as believers, it teaches us to be more in tune with God's voice, right? To be a vessel for the kingdom. Another piece of advice is walk in the room with wisdom. And y'all, as I said at the top of the episode, listening is key. Listening is the first step in being intentional in your observation. And that is like the core of wisdom, right? Of course, it's 
learning lessons and being open and willing to die daily to 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 own and to hold yourself accountable to fall short and to segue freely and to embrace your wins and humility all of those things it's reading and studying your craft all that stuff and i'm telling you wash your dishes that's another piece of advice what do i mean by that <sighs> brother fab dune is off the chain he i forget what it's called but it's a a video on YouTube, and I'll have to link it in the description of the Potter suit, but Brother Fabdoon goes, wash your dishes. And he just means practice stillness. Stillness can mean so many, it can mean something completely different to me than it does to you. So there are layers to each and every one of us. And then of course, the juxtaposition of what one thing stillness to be to another, right? So for me, stillness is getting up in the morning and making sure I pop up on my knees and pray to God. I'm with God in the morning, most mornings. And also just taking time to have a tea or a coffee in the morning, not doing anything, not reading anything, not on my phone, not opening a laptop, not even talking to humans, just taking and sipping my coffee. Washing dishes is a very similar concept. I love to wash dishes personally. Future King, no, I'm not washing all the dishes. <laughs> no, it's not happening. And I absolutely love having my hands in warm water and just like standing still, flowing in that space, not talking and just being still. Stillness can also be spending time in nature, just listening to the birds and the rustling of the leaves, the flow of water. Those are all practices in stillness. Like God gave us like all these tools and resources for us to really absorb chill for lack of a better way to say it, y'all. But stillness could also be going to a movie by yourself and being ensconced in the film for two hours, right? It could be listening to music or it could just be sitting there doing absolutely nothing. I'll say that again. Stillness is literally sitting there doing absolutely nothing. Be authentic. That's another piece of advice. Ask yourself, who am I not? Where am I in space? What do I entertain? How do I respond in which battles are not my own, as we discussed a little earlier with the LSAT study group session example. And in that same vein, being unapologetically bold and living in purpose on purpose. Do not allow the things you think change the things you know. I have noticed in this season and I could also be speaking from a place of dysfunction, so I'll put that out there, that when I walk into a room, at times, I get ignored. Like, people literally go the other direction. <laughs> or I'll say something, and I'm like, mum's the word here. No one has a response. Or it's dissented, and that's fair game. But it's also, like, dismissed, which can be a projection, right? And... It is essential for you to be confident in your own space, to be able to recognize who you're not, recognize what's going on in front of you, and recognize how to handle the situation, how you want to respond to it in a way that's authentic to you instead of how the person projecting how they want you to feel. 
y'all get it on the way home in order to live authentic right think on that and still be curious you heard me still be curious not heighten your fence be curious and last but not least give yourself grace Welcome back. You are listening to Authentic Breath, and I am your host, Izzy Girl, the authentic self-advocate that was Stop Trying to Pretend by Lionel. We were discussing giving ourselves grace. Be kind, be gentle, give grace, especially within the growth and pace of purpose. Today, we are discussing freedom. What is it? What isn't it? right? Freedom. Who doesn't want freedom? Let's define it first. Freedom, the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. We do have some freedom of choice. He talks of revoking some of the freedoms. The absence of subjection to foreign domination or despotic government. He was a champion of Irish freedom. Some synonyms were independence, self-government, sound familiar? Self-determination. The state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. Y'all, you know, Bobby Bostick was released from Algoa down in Jeff City almost two weeks ago. Now, I cannot imagine being behind bars for 27 years. If you're just tuning in to the show, Bobby Bostick is a native of St. Louis. 
And he was 16 when he and another minor, well, it wasn't a minor technically, the young man was 18, held up a group at gunpoint and later took a woman for her car. They were caught and the other human was offered a plea deal of 30 years in prison, but Bobby declined and elected to go to trial. But Judge Evelyn Baker, the judge on Bobby's case, sentenced Bobby to 241 years in prison. You heard what I said. I'll repeat it again. He was sentenced to 241 years. Two, four, one years, making him eligible for parole when he was age 112. And most of us probably won't live until 112, y'all. So like I always say, there's an and in this, right? So Bobby's completely guilty of this crime. I've never given him an out on that. And our criminal justice system needs work. A lot of our legislation is old, outdated. Some would term it draconian. And unfortunately, this minor, Bobby, fell prey to that. But upon Wednesday, November 9th, I'm gonna try not to cry. (laughs) Bobby was released from Algoa. And up until then, he will have been serving the longest sentence in Missouri given to a juvenile for a non-homicide offense. First of all, bless the Lord for the win. So elated that Bobby is now free. There are so many layers to this conversation. We don't we don't have time. <laughs> One of these days, I'd love to have Bobby on the podcast. And I first connected with Bobby Bostick when I received a letter in the mail about an article I'd written in our local paper. I think it was a St. Louis American. At the time, I was on the Juvenile uh, Justice Task Force, where we were in a conglomerate of task force together. But essentially, different humans from different organizations come together to bring their resources, their expertise, their professional uh, powers and talents to solve problems. And the problem we sought to solve was a piece of legislation we wanted to pass called Raise the Age. So I wrote an article about this and tied it to Bobby Bostick in the paper. And he wrote me all the way in the Republic of Moldova. I think the initial letters came to my mother here in the States, but essentially he learned that I was no longer here. And so this is way back in, in 2014. Eventually he started mailing his letters all the way to Moldova, y'all. This brother is inspiring, right? So Google Wikipedia, uh, freebobbybostick.com, his website, and learn more about this brother if you're you're up for that. So yeah, he wrote me and initially I was super flattered And, you know, I'll be honest, I was a bit scared, you know, but I forged ahead in my advocacy and realized, you know what, I'd recognized a problem 
I mean, I saw the number 241, first of all, and I was like, wait a minute here, something needs to be done here in the city of St. Louis. Putting children behind bars only for them to stay there for excessive amounts of time, let alone a lifetime, dear God, something had to be done. Now, something is being done. There are some pieces of legislation across the nation, uh, even in Missouri. Some things are changing. Missouri is well behind in the United States. I'll be very frank about that. At the same time, the bottom line is there's so much work to be done. But Bobby's story stood out to me because of the mere number on his sentence. And I've been an advocate for him ever since. I finally was able to sit with him uh, last week, his first performance at Word Up Legacy. Shout out to Edward Up. I think that's underscore Word Up. Open mic, I believe, on Twitter as well as Instagram. And it was just a joy to hear him finally just share his poetry with community. But for the last seven years, I've been in and out of writing and speaking on his behalf, uh, interviewing even, advocating, tweeting. I'm, I'm the person that has been behind uh, Free Bobby Bostick on Twitter. I don't know how to tweet still seven years later, but Bobby took over the account today. Glory be to God. <laughs> so, you know, again, we're clearing things off of our plate. Um, and I just really enjoyed how this human has expanded my advocacy. So tweeting about why Bobby should come home after 27 years of a 241-year sentence is just the tip of the iceberg on how I look at things. Um, and yeah, and, and just the sheer number of letters I've received from him, although our letters have literally transcended through time, whether in the Republic of Moldova or here in the States, Bobby's letters have quite inevitably found me. We've had a village, others who are laymen and women who have advocated by my side. When life happened or I was ensconced in a particular season and I just didn't have time, we've really rallied for each other, rallied behind each other, supported each other. Shout out to Damien Lenane. That's at Damien Lenane on Instagram. Shout out to them. Those have been the partners in crime and, and so many other humans who have been behind this. Legislators, journalists, writers, poets have really rallied behind getting Bobby out of prison and navigating for a prisoner who wants out of jail is a challenge internally because you have your own life and part of you feels guilty for not staying on top of it but parts of you are very human knowing that you can't always be and do right it's a point you to recognize that this isn't all on you one this was bobby's falling short right and his decisions his consequences and two this is hundreds of years in the making of an unjust criminal justice system. That if or not the rules at the time 
placing Bobby behind bars at 16 for 241 years wouldn't be on my plate at all. I look forward to engaging in more conversation with this brother on the outside. I vow to remain supportive in ways that I am able, including keeping him in my prayers. And if you have an interest at all out there, you two are welcome to support him by following him at Free Bobby Bostic on Insta and Twitter. Also, you can go to freebobbybostic.com, his website, or wiki him. <laughs> He's out there. Both my Australian advocacy partner, Damien, and I are stepping back for Bobby to control his own digital narrative and footprint. Give the brother some love. Initially, I thought perhaps the first thing I'd say was thank you to Bobby or maybe even congratulations. But honestly, I just really appreciate him for teaching me better advocacy, for enlightening me. You know, I'm always intrigued by the causes and outcomes of inadequate housing. That's my passion. And so working with Bobby has permitted me to theorize how mass incarceration is somehow connected to inadequate housing in the United States. I'm beginning to connect the dots because injustices are inextricably linked, almost sneakily so, right? Where there is one problem, another is linked, tethered together as this complex ball of where do we start? Thus, it's hard to unravel them all at once. You can't. Inevitably, one needs to tackle many simultaneously, and criminal justice reform and inadequate housing are two of them, just two. As I stumbled upon the opportunity to practice law, it hadn't dawned on me to get paid for what I do, but then I often reflect introspectively the path that God has taken me, and the roads of inadequate housing across the world are inextricably linked to what this young man, well, frankly, he's not a young man. He's a year, year older than me. Bobby's like 43 and I'm 42. Um, has, has taught me, has given my advocacy over the last seven years. So for example, section eight here in the city of St. Louis is backlogged for the same amount of time I've been in the Republic of Moldova. According to my research, I believe it to be linked to our massive incarceration in the United States. And please, if you're an advocate out there and you'd like to talk more about this with me, enlighten me, educate me, please, let's have this conversation. Where there is a home, a person who is released from prison needs it for proper reentry, y'all. So those of you who are advocates, what are your thoughts? What is the link between inadequate housing and mass incarceration? But now it's time to solve problems in a different way, right? I will continue to support Bobby Bostick, uh, but now we've definitely begun to uh, pull back on some of those responsibilities and create conduits and, and pathways for new experiences, cultivating new unknowns, and that being my own release from poverty right? Many define that different ways. I definitely don't feel poor. Building new legacies for my own family. I needn't be good without reaping the benefits of building a beautiful, abundant life of my own.
right? Don't get me wrong, I've enjoyed working with humans like Bobby Bostic and families across the world to fight for their rights. They've enlightened me, they've expanded me, they've grown me and matured me in ways that I'm ready for this next level in law. There are so many things right in society and there are so many things that only with my perspective will be able to gain and regain some of those liberties that have been lost. I hope that makes sense. And that may sound strong, but guess what? It applies to you. So I'll change the sentence. There are so many things right in society and there are so many things that only with your perspective will we begin to gain and regain some of the liberties that have been lost. Make sense? So as I've mentioned throughout the year, there is a problem for you to solve in the earth and only you can solve it. Think on that, right? So let's go back to redefining. I got off on a tangent about Bobby, but the last definition I read was that of being in bondage. So the next one is the power of self-determination attributed to the will, the quality of being independent of fate or necessity. Unrestricted use of something. The dog is happy having the freedom of the house when we are out. Of course he is. (laughs) Or she. Familiarity or openness in speech or behavior. Openness. Naturalness. Sound familiar? Authenticity. Why don't we take a break?
Welcome back to the last episode of Authentic Breath in 2022. I am your host, Easy Girl. Today we are talking freedom. And one of my girlfriends, she's 91, Elizabeth, and she's from uh, England, and she's always writing me about not reading fiction. So I finally stumbled upon two good books. I forget the other one, decided to read this one first. I'm also reading As I Am by uh, Cicely Tyson, which is incredible. And Viola Davis's book is next. So anyway, fiction. This book by Alice, oh gosh, Alice Feeney was excellent, especially in terms of entertainment, but it touches on so many, so many things in marriage and really relationship. Let's just call it what it is, right? So this particular couple, they make up the entity of marriage and they happen to have so many things come up regarding their past, traumas, insecurities, jealousy, skewed prioritization, looking outside the marriage, like for validation, particularly through work. There's a lot of mean dysfunctional behaviors in the text in conjunction with the sort of how should I say obligation of being in the marriage right so this couple has gone to a chapel in Scotland and they're from London but they're celebrating their 10th year wedding anniversary and the plot implies that one will come back standing and the other won't exist right interesting it's a mystery and you know it touches and so many things that we should work on personally before we enter relationship, let alone a marriage. One of the things that stood out with this couple is that they put on the this facade of happiness in the marriage. And they are both miserable, straight bondage, right? And exactly the opposite of freedom. So many times we find out what's really going on because we humans tend to put up a facade of happiness. I'm often amazed by how we humans report about families to outsiders with only the good stuff. I, I just push back on that. It's bondage. There are situations in my own family that I just do not talk about as it does not leave room for grace. And frankly, certain things not everybody needs to know, right? Uh, at the same time, when asked, I'll say something like, I have no complaints or keep my family in your prayers. We're doing okay. You know, why is that not enough though? I mean, I've been without work for some time, but if I don't communicate that to someone, guess what? I'm going to be without work. <laughs> Let's just be real. Sometimes communicating those pains are not only as liberating as they are therapeutic. God is like, okay. You swallowed your pride. Now let's move. He's waiting for you to show weakness. Weakness is not a bad thing, y'all. What's wrong with showing weakness? Why do we always have to 
only show strength, only put a positive spin on what's really going on. That's not freedom. That's bondage. And I argue this is why we have so many people in pain, suffering, and silence. It's a lie. And that's why we're miserable. I'm sure there's another way to look at that, another perspective to hash out. But I want to do things different. There's some dysfunctional component to it. It's almost like people like to argue, you know, it's part of who they are. And if they don't argue, then they don't know who they are. I hope that makes sense. Things don't feel normal without it, right? Reminds me of a few weeks ago when I went to the post office, I went to mail Bobby a letter and I've run into this before. So I decided to do my research and lo and behold, on the website, I find the required reasons for having a return address, neither of which category I fell into. But the clerk insisted that I needed a return address. And so when I went to push back, they were like, okay, I can call my lead. And I was like, okay, that will be lovely. So I started talking to the lead and he's like, you can put John Doe on it. And I looked at him like, okay, um, dude, that's like an infringement of one's privacy, bro. <laughs> then I said, well, what's the address here? And they were like, you can't do that. And I was like, well, he just told me I could use John Doe. Which one is it? I just won't mail it. And for me, I was done with it. I'm good. On to the next thing. Bobby will be home next week. I'll give it to him in person, right? Nah, that wasn't good enough for home skillet. I guess my comments about the website got under his skin because he insisted on talking about it, commenting again that I'd have to have a return address on it. And like, we've moved on. I have like temporal packages. So we totally moved on to the next thing. So I was like, sir, I'm just going off your website. If you have problems with your website, then take it up with the website. But he proceeded to call me difficult. Interesting. Remember the other adjective I was called at the top of the podisode? You see how we're given multiple opportunities to wield self-governance, but he called me difficult, the antithesis of my character, right? So I let it go, even though I've just been called out of my character, out of my name, in front of a room full of folks. I just, I let it go. No skin off my back. I know who I'm not, right? Question prompt number one. But people are fueled today and ready to fire. I don't want to do it like that anymore. I don't care enough to respond to dysfunctional behavior. I wanna do it different.
Welcome back. This is Izzy Girl, the Authentic Self-Advocate, and you are listening to Authentic Breath. That was The Fellowship by Christopher Moe Didlevson. I hope I'm pronouncing that name correctly. As we went to break, we were discussing freedom. I recently watched an episode of Women of Impact on YouTube. I think uh, Devon Franklin, first of all, was being interviewed. I think he's been interviewed a few times by Lisa Bilyeu. It's an astonishing interview because when I think about the conversation that Lisa and Devon have in this episode, it's entitled The Ultimate Advice Every Woman Needs to Hear Right Now. It helps me reflect on the concept of needing and wanting. In this particular episode, they refer to needing a guy friend or a girlfriend. So it's the same sort of situation, a partner, life partner, as in the fiction piece that I'm currently reading, Rock, Paper, Scissors. But this, y'all, I mean, it pertains and can be applied to any relationship, including with yourself. Hold your seat, right? So in this particular episode, they do. They refer to needing a guy friend or a girlfriend, a life partner. And the fact that we don't actually need these people. We want them. We want them to love us. We want them to need us. We want them in our lives, but we don't need them. And you know what? That's okay. To want is an absolutely natural thing. But I think as believers, it is essential to really put this in perspective because when we so-called need these humans or things, that is not how God would have it. We need God to exist. And when we forget or refuse to acknowledge that we need God, it's amazing how all of the things that we seek outside of ourselves never feel that void. Freedom. To understand this perspective is freedom. As believers, as a non-believer, that is up to you. That's your choice to sort of take in what I've just said for yourself and really critically analyze having an entity that is unchanging versus needing and relying upon humans who are forever changing right? Believers, humans will never feel that so-called need. Never. I think it's profound that it is full circle. To want something, that's absolutely natural, but to say that you need something is to idolize it beyond God, right? It's the same thing as needing Netflix. It's the same thing as needing an excessive amount of food or an iPhone. You don't need anything beyond survival. You want it. And at times that is to idolize it. And that's simply not how God would have it. Why? Because it creates a space of bondage. It isn't freedom. So my word for 2023 is metanoia. M as in maple, E as in elephant, T as in TikTok, A as in Apple, N as in newspaper, O as in octopus, I as in igloo, and A as in apple. It means 
change in one's way of life resulting from penitence or spiritual conversion. Take it or leave it. What he demanded of people was metanoia, repentance, a complete change of heart. And I want to have a complete change of heart when it comes to being in the wait. I've waited, don't get me wrong, for 20-something years. Post-medical school, it's been, I think, 13. Uh, But before that, I hustled to get there, right? So I include that time. And I've done so many projects. I've lived a lot of life. And I often wonder when. And even in that question, when, I wonder why. Why do I always question God when? It's as if I'm not satisfied, which is, that's my personality. I always am striving for new things, new solutions, right? Solving problems. And so it's never ending for me. At the same time, it's juxtaposed this desire to have a settling feeling of stability. And even though it feels like I've been all over the place for the last 20 years, there has been much seeding in the earth. And I think having a different perspective on that seeding, a change in the way that I look at it, the way that I live in it, especially as it pertains to how we are brainwashed to think through the ways of society, I want to continue that journey of change, right? Continue that journey of becoming more authentic. Today, we are celebrating 11 episodes in this installment of 2222, whether we've learned to gracefully observe others, to glean what is authentic to or for us, or utilize the five question prompts to extract introspectively, freedom is accessible to us all. Oftentimes, learning to accept what is, is freedom. Freedom is understanding that no matter how much wisdom you offer, you may still absorb the consequences. Freedom is understanding that holding your tongue because you merit peace is not weakness. On the contrary, this is strength. Freedom is too fighting for what you believe and being flexible in knowing there is more to life than the results. Freedom is enjoying the process as this is the reward, right? Freedom is creating a space for humans to help you build and laugh and grow. It is also preserving your most authentic self during segues and adversity, not necessarily caused by you, but by some of those same imperfect souls. Freedom is seen in our dynamism and love, ongoing curiosity and intentional grace, long grace. Our significance was bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus, offering a timeless freedom that is un matched. As usual, I look forward to your comments, questions, contributions, perspectives, and reframes. Don't forget to share the podcast with a friend, family member, neighbor, or coworker. Also, shout out to all y'all who voted for me for the Fab Over 40 contest. It was a, a fun time. I did not win. I made it to the fifth finalist. No, it wasn't a finalist position. It was the fifth spot before the actual finalist was voted upon. 
thank you so much, all of you who cast your free votes, your Facebook votes. I don't know the difference on that is your hope votes, those who contributed to increasing and heightening breast cancer awareness and detection, early detection. I am so grateful for this year and all that has ensued. I, my head is spinning. <laughs> But thank you. Thank you all for your support. It was such a great time um, over the last four weeks or so. Such a long contest. Um, and I've never entered a beauty contest, but it was fun and definitely an opportunity for me to further promote self-governance. I hope to interact with you on IG at Authentic Self-Advocate or at Izzy Gal. That's Izzy underscore Gal on Insta or at Israel Aisha on Facebook. You're also welcome to drop a comment on my page. Be kind, be gentle, give grace. If this was your first podisode, my name is Israel most people call me is welcome sis sister in christ fellow human to potisode number 11 the final potisode of 2022 thank you for joining us on ab we are changing the conversation expanding discerning and advancing the kingdom's agenda happy holidays to you and may god prosper you and all the ways one can prosper in the coming new year.